0: Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Well, we'd, we'd love all the all the ladies to stand in the house this morning. Is that okay? Can we pray a blessing upon all of the ladies? It doesn't matter if you're a mum or not. One day you might be. I'm sure you're an auntie or a sister or a, you know, a relative, a mum type in some way. So let's just uh, pray and, uh, you know, God loves the nurturing heart of women. And we need godly women just like we need godly men, praying, interceding, blessing families and and leading and shining that light into families and so um, we know it's a it's a big big job <laughs> it's a big job and so we just want to pray why don't all us all the rest of us just stretch out our hands to these wonderful ladies and let's pray and bless them this morning Lord we pray this morning that you would release special blessing upon all of the women in this place Lord we pray that whatever role they play as a as a mum, as a sister, as an auntie, or relative, or friend, or leader, in any way, shape, or form, we pray that you would bless them today, that you would pour in your presence today, that you would remove all doubts, and fears, and anxieties, and Lord, that you would pour in your love, and your power, and your presence. Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you for the great women of God that they are. And we thank you for their prayer and their heart and their nurture and their leadership in the kingdom. Lord, we just pray that you would continue to use them, encourage them, empower them in every way. Lord, I pray for answered prayers, that you would deliver them answered prayers. The cries of their hearts would be answered. And Lord, that you would provide for them. You would cover them and surround them even today with a special blessing. Holy Spirit, we ask for your infilling today. You're infilling today for mums and women in this place. Holy Spirit, come and fill them afresh. Fill them afresh with your power and your presence. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Awesome. Karen would do that, but her throat is a little uh, tender today. So um, she was going to share today as well, but she will uh, in, in some coming weeks. I've, uh, she's got something prepared. So uh, we'll see how we go. But, uh, well, we do bless you today and, and thank you for coming. Hopefully that your roast is not going to burn if you've got it on this morning or whatever you're planning. Um, but just uh, pat the person on the shoulder next to you and just say, I'm glad you're here. It'd be pretty boring if you weren't here. So we're glad you're here. We're going to start in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Very, very familiar verse for most of us, and I want to talk today about renewal, renewal. And uh, Romans twelve two says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect." There's so much in this in this verse. Uh, But I just want to break it up a little bit today to make it really simple and really easy to understand. Um, It's so easy when we read verses like this to skim over it and we we miss the depth of it. And so I just want to take this verse and, and break it out for us, starting with transformed. What does that really mean? If you've ever seen any of the Transformers movie movies you will know that they turn from a car into a complete you know robot and uh the and if you ever logically look at it you think okay there's no physical way that that could bend into that and that but anyway you enjoy the movies all the same um but there's a there's an absolute morphing from one thing to another and the, the, the new thing doesn't even represent the old thing anymore. It looks completely different. That's what this word transformed means. If we look at it in the Greek, for example, the word morph is used here. Now, we know the word morph to say if you something morphed into something. It means it's changed completely. And that's what the essence of this is here. This word transformed means to actually really, uh, in fact, I'll, I'll read it to you taking on the form that properly embodies the inner essence. I'll read it again. Taking on the form that properly embodies the inner essence. What God has put inside of us, we are morphing into. We are morphing into all the time, every day, as we read his word, as we grow in him, as we hear him, as we obey him, we are morphing into his likeness, into who he has created us to be. Because yesterday we might have struggled with some things. Hopefully, today and tomorrow we'll be bigger and better. We'll morph into more of Him. And so there's a changing that takes place, there's a renewing, there's a transforming that takes place. And all of us in following Jesus are called to continually be transformed into His likeness. And we never stop. We're not to be conformed to this world, because if we're conformed to this world, this world leads to death. This world's ways only leads to death. There is nothing really in this world that's going to last past our lifetime, except hell and heaven. And they're the only two realities that are eternal. And we get to choose while we're here on earth which one we're going to choose. Which path are we going to take? There is no other God. There is no other way to the Father but through Jesus Christ. And so to not be conformed to this world means we don't think like this world. I don't know about you, but sometimes, I mean, I'm, I'm a big one on self-helping and improving and all that sort of stuff, and I love challenging myself. But I know ultimately, it, it ultimately it's only temporal. The only thing that's going to help me in eternity with Jesus is how I steward my spirit here on earth. And so if I'm focusing on conforming to all of the world's ways around me, the method to fix this and to do this and to get more money and to do this more, influence more, whatever, these are the ways the world operates. And they lead to death. They lead to disappointment. They lead to anxiety. They lead to stress, comparison, all of that stuff. That's being conformed to this world. We as believers in Jesus are not called to conform to those ways. He has another way for you. He has a way of peace. He has a way of joy. He has a way of his presence. He has a way of light, not darkness. He has a way of speaking to us when even the storm might be a raging around us and anxiety and stress and fear and all this stuff might be going on around. And then we hear his voice. And we hear his voice. And once we lock into his voice, all of a sudden peace over overcomes us, doesn't it? I'm sure every single one of you, if you know Jesus, when you've heard his voice, you've gone, man, why didn't I seek that out a few weeks ago? I've been stressing for weeks on this thing. But now I've heard his voice, I've got peace. Peace that surpasses all our understanding. It bypasses our mind. This is to be not conformed to this world. Transform. We are morphing into something new. We're morphing into something that is actually our inner essence. The Spirit lives with inside of us. We are getting to know Him more and more every day. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 4 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. This, This is a prayer of someone who has matured in the faith so much so that they actually want God to refine them. Now, I don't know if I'm in this place yet, because when we pray prayers like this, what if God actually does it? (laughs) What if he does it? What if he actually answers this prayer? So it's a dangerous one, okay? Dangerous one. But I dare you to start praying this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. The truth is, he already knows our heart. He knows our thoughts. He knows our deeds. He knows our imaginations. He knows what we're dwelling on. He knows what we're not dwelling on. He knows all of that already try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What is the way everlasting? The way everlasting is the way of Jesus. His way is everlasting. There is no other way. There is no other truth. There is no other life other than him. And so when we are asking him To get rid of our grievous ways, we're asking Him to shine a light on any sin in our lives, any stuff that shouldn't be there, and remove it. And lead me in the way everlasting. This is being transformed. To renew our mind actually takes some effort. It's a work of the Spirit, but it's obedience of the flesh. The two have to work together. And when our flesh says yes to the Spirit, He comes in and does a miraculous work that. No, not our mind, nothing can do. Nothing else can do. Only the work of the Spirit. But it takes obedience. It's almost like our flesh or our mind unlocks the Spirit in us because He gives us a free will to choose. Do you want to unlock the key or don't you want to unlock the key? And He gives you and me the key to our heart. And when we say yes in obedience in the flesh, we say, yes, search me, Lord. Take away any grievance ways. Take take away my sin. Take away this stuff. Search me and try me that I may live in your everlasting ways. What we're saying is I want to be obedient to you. I want you to come and have your way. I want to morph into that new creation. I want to morph into that new being, that new thing that you have created. And if you're still struggling with a whole lot of old ways, if you're struggling with a whole lot of old mindsets, then maybe meditate on his word enough or so much that you begin to realize he has called you into a new creation. A new creation, not the old. He's morphed you into something completely different. And one thing I've always a bit fascinated with, with Transformers movies, they start off as a little car. We all know the size of a car, but they end up like 50 times that size. And it's like, what? That's what morphing is. It means you're going to be a lot bigger in the spirit than you've been before, because he'll create you into a whole new creation. New creation, new creation. The old ways are gone, the new has come. And sometimes the old comes back to try and fight us and say, hey, you're still this. You've still got this habit. You've still got this way of thinking. And that's when we need to remind ourselves, I'm going to be transformed. I'm going to morph into that new thing. I am morphing into that new thing. There's power in decreeing things over our lives, isn't there? There's been times I can remember Karen and I facing certain things, you know, bigger things in life uh, take bigger battles. And I remember certain times, whether it's through our business challenges or leadership challenges or just other things in life, where we've remembered the power of decreeing. And the power of decreeing means you're prophesying to yourself that new transformation, even though you're not seeing it. But you're taking the key of obedience in the flesh and you're saying, I'm going, to be- I'm going to unlock this in the spirit. Now, let me tell you, you may not feel it for a long time. But by faith, you decree things into the future. By faith, you're taking the word of God and you're saying, I'm going to believe for the transformation. I see the new creation. I am a new creation. We're taking a faith stance on things that we may not be seeing in the natural. That's what faith is, isn't it? And that way we get renewed, renewed. I don't know about you, but I need daily renewing, renewing. Because this world is a crazy, mixed up, weird, strange place. And it's getting weirder and weirder and weirder. What used to be called Evil is now called good, and what used to be called good is now evil. And so we're living in a twisted world where the next generation don't even know what truth is anymore, and so we need to be the salt and the light in love, like I shared last week. It's, it's a hard one to work out, isn't it? But we have to work out how we can do that so that we can continually be renewed into his likeness. This word renewed, it's, a, it's something in this particular passage here, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It's interesting. I was dwelling on this and I'm like, why does it say mind? You know, your thinking, your knowledge, that region. It almost seems cerebral. Why isn't it in the spirit? Because that would seem to be a more godly thing. But the truth is most of us face a big battle in our mind. That's where if we can win the battle in our mind, that is decreeing the word of God over us, believing in the truth, because we have a free will in our mind to accept Jesus or reject him. And it's up to us to do one or the other. And that happens firstly in our mind where we're thinking, is God real? Is this Jesus Christ real? What has he done for me? If that's real, am I going to accept him or reject him? That happens in the mind. And then when we receive him, our spirits come alive because he connects with our spirit. And so if we can win the battle in our mind spiritually, then we can walk freer from the baggage of the past. We're speaking the new creation. We're living the new creation. We're living in a transformed way. We're morphing into that thing. But sometimes we have to win this battle. And with, with a whole lot of mental illness throughout society like never before in history, We have this thing we call, we actually call mental illness, and that it's a whole raft of things, isn't it? But society is bogged down with this stuff called mental illness. Why? Because ultimately society hasn't gone to Jesus Christ for the answers. And so we get weighed down with all of the cares of this world, the anxieties. Now there is physiological aspects as well, absolutely. But the answer is Jesus Christ. The answer to the world's anxiety is Jesus Christ. Even if we have to live our whole lives with mental illness, at least we know, Jesus, you're coming again for me. Jesus, I'm spending eternity with you. And when I'm in eternity with you, there is no mental illness. There is no sickness. There is no death. There is no anxiety or confusion or any of that stuff. All of the craziness of this world will fade away. And we get to spend freedom with Jesus Christ. That's the gospel, isn't it? Renewal. Let's look at this word renewal. I'm going to give you a a Greek word just because I want to look at this for a minute. And uh, the Greek word, and I'll probably pronounce it wrong, but just bear with me, Anachinosis. Now, this word is an interesting word because uh, it carries the sense of renovation to a different rather than a younger state. Now, Just bear with me on that. It carries the sense of renovation. Don't you love that word? Renovation. He wants to bring about a renovation to our minds, to a different state, not just a younger state, not just a better version, but actually a completely different state. So he wants to morph you and me into a completely different place. If you are still struggling with the things of the past, know that this passage here is saying to you, I want to take you to a place you've never been. I want to give you power and authority over those things that you've battled with in the past because his power is greater than our power. And his word comes alive, doesn't it? Can you feel that this morning? It's like, wow, the renewing of our mind Transform means morphing completely into something massive. But not just that, not just into a better version of my old self, a completely new self. Renovate the whole thing. Don't you love renovation shows? They're just completely, I mean, they're everywhere now, aren't they? I mean, they're done, well and truly done. But there's nothing like watching a before and after. Have you ever found yourself just scrolling and watching um, fitness ones, health and fitness ones, you know, before and after, uh, you know, going from an obese person to a just a ripped-cut person. It's like, whoa, what pills are they taking? I want those pills. I'm not gonna do a show of hands, but I bet someone's bought them. <laughs> when you know when you see the fat dissolving and it's like, oh my gosh, I want that miracle pill. That's what this world wants. The world wants miracle instant ways of doing things. The only real miracle in this life is Jesus Christ. There is no other way. And he's free. And he's not-you don't just have to scroll through and find out, okay, maybe it works. Are those references real? Are those pe-? no, it's legit absolutely legit and you don't even have to buy anything or sell anything or join up or subscribe or anything completely free because he wants to take humanity from a state of what it was before completely cleanse it with his blood and renew it and transform it and morph it into a completely new renovated mansion that's the ultimate goal If you're struggling with the old stuff, remember God has called you to be a new creation, not just a trying hard better version of yourself, a new creation in the image of Christ. It means actually getting over our minds sometimes. I remember sometimes when... The Holy Spirit is touching people and people begin to manifest or shake in the presence of God. I'm always fascinated by the response of people who have never seen that before because it's like we, we are so foreign to the touch of our Creator's hand. Our own Father touching His children in a manifest way is a foreign thing, even in church. This should not be this way. I'll always remember hearing, Bill Johnson preached, I think it was, it's a long time ago, like 15 years ago, it's a long time ago, and he's preaching at a conference here in Australia, actually, and um, I don't know, it's probably 1,000, 2,000 people there, and he was preaching, and and he shares, you know, and uh, I think it was during ministry time at the end, and he just asked the Holy Spirit to come and begin touch people and fill people and his power and presence. And people begin uh, feeling the presence of God and shaking and laughing a little bit. And, and, uh, and I remember, always remember him saying this, and I was fascinated. He said, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry, everyone who hasn't ever encountered this because we should have, as a church, allowed God to move in this way a whole lot more so that this isn't a foreign thing. This is a regular thing. The father coming and overwhelming his kids. It's one of those things that it's always a battle, but this is why he brings renewal. When the Toronto outpouring happened in 94, they called it the renewal. Why? Because it was a renewing work of the spirit in the church. And there's times where we need greater renewals. There's times where we need little ones. It starts maybe with a thought. Let's look at the mind. Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. And in this sense, the heart is in essence a similar phrase to the mind. Okay. Keep your heart with all vigilance. We've got to be vigilant. We've got to be so vigilant about what we allow into our mind, into our eyes, into our heart, for from it flows the springs of life. What we put in will come out. It doesn't matter whether people tell you or not, they know what you're putting in. We all have a fragrance, uh, you know, some better than others. (laughs) But what we put in comes out. We reap what we sow. Don't be a fool and think that we can sow bad stuff and we're going to reap good stuff. No tree can bear good fruit if it's in bad soil. That's what the Bible says. How do we do this? 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is like the micro. If we can win the battle in the micro thoughts, we win. There's a saying that win the morning, win the day. I've been proving that lately. It's tough. (laughs) But if you win the morning, you win the day. And it's the same here. If you win that one negative thought in your mind, you win. Because if you capture that and take it captive and put it subject to Christ, then you will demolish the arguments that are coming against you. Those negative thoughts, those toxic people, those toxic situations, you must be vigilant against those things. Because they have an effect on your soul. They have an effect on your spirit. They have an effect on your being. And ultimately, they may have an effect on eternity. So we need to be vigilant. And men, we need to be absolutely, absolutely, absolutely vigilant. I know it's Mother's Day, but we can hammer the men on Mother's Day, right? (laughs) Men, you need to be vigilant with your thoughts. You need to take every thought captive that sets itself up against God. Every single thought. When it comes in, you need to absolutely get violent with that thought. Be vigilant with that thought. You need to war against that thing so that you can overcome in your spirit, because if you can overcome in here, you'll overcome out there. And it's something that we are called to do, to be warriors, to be leaders. But if we can't win the battle of the mind and of the heart, we lose. And if we lose, others lose. And we don't want that. And so this is a continual battle. I'm just going to read it again. We demolish arguments. And ever ever have an argument in your head with yourself every day? arguments with yourself, oh, I shouldn't have done that, oh, was, you're putting yourself down, putting yourself down, oh, maybe they think this about, maybe, they're probably never thinking anything about you, but you, you've made up this whole argument in your head about what you should and shouldn't have done. This is what it's talking about. And this is why we need to center ourselves on Christ, what he thinks about us, what the Father thinks about us, not what anyone else thinks about us. Who cares what anyone else thinks about us? We might not know them in five years, ten years' time, but we'll know him. And so let's finish it with this. Romans chapter 15, 13 says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Isn't that good? Let's, let's just end on that, shall we? No, I'm just kidding. We have a few more minutes on this, but I will ask the worship team to come up. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. This world today, and I don't know where you're at in life, but pretty much humanity as a whole needs hope. It's the one thing. uh, I don't know if you've ever listened to... um, Politicians speak, but you know, particularly at election time, there's always messages and great slogans. And I mean, there's every, every slogan's already been used, so they just sort of recycle slogans. But there's always an attempt at a message of hope for the people, isn't there? And it's good, there's nothing wrong with that. We need hope, but ultimately, none of that is going to fill us with real hope. The only thing that's going to fill us with real hope and actual peace, which is what we also need in this day and age. Is by the power of the Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us that hope. And so, whatever you're facing today, whatever you're facing this week, this month, this year, then I want to encourage you it's the Holy Spirit that will come in when you unlock the key of your heart and say, Yes, God. He will unlock everything. And He will come in and He will shine His light on areas that need to go. And he'll bring hope and joy and peace into your being as nothing else can. And then he'll morph you and me into something completely new, a new creation. He's called you to be a new creation. He's called you and me to be a new creation. But it's going to take take, taking those thoughts captive, being vigilant today, being vigilant tomorrow. When you start doubting yourself, speak the word of God over you. When you start getting negative on yourself, start believing, I am a new creation. I am a new being. I'm called to be in His image. The Father loves me. These are the words of God over your life. You may have never heard this before, but He loves you. He loves you. And He wants you to experience this new creation. What is this new creation? Ask Him. Out of obedience, unlock your heart and say, Jesus, reveal yourself to me, and he will. He will reveal himself to you. You may already know Jesus. You already may be a Christian, or maybe you don't. All you have to do is unlock your heart and say, come into my life. Make me a new creation. I want to be a transformer 10 times the size. I want to morph into something that I've never been before, because you are created for more. Let me say that again. You are created for more. Whatever situation you're sitting in today, God wants you to morph into more. Believe it. It's His Word. Morph. Morph into something completely new. And most most Christians, if only they could see the authority that their prayers carry, we'd be decreeing it all the time. Every now and then we get a snippet, don't we? Maybe in worship. We just get a snippet of the goodness of God. Or we get it, he fills us with hope and peace and joy. That's his spirit that does that. And we get a little glimpse. Well, let me tell you, get a glimpse of morphing into a whole new creation, of what your life looks like when you believe for a whole lot more. I want to encourage you, believe for tenfold believe for tenfold, believe for way more than you've believed in the past, because He is a God who morphs our prayers. He morphs them into bigger things. Let's stand this morning, and we're going to worship together. And as we're worshiping, I want you to sing in faith. I want you to shout out in faith, and, and let's lift this roof off in worship together this morning.